I drive zero RB in Dynasty. Pass up a young receiver? Nah, I couldn't be me. My fifth wide receiver, and it's only round seven. Not sure if I'm dead, cause I think this is heaven. Now forget what he said, and listen to me. What you really wanna do is stack those RBs. You can be Linda, just let me be frank. Those RBs on your roster is money in the bank. One says it's awful, the other says it's great. It's time to buckle in for a dynasty debate. Welcome in, welcome in, welcome in episode 67 of the Dynasty Debates, the best kept secret in all of Dynasty Fantasy Football. I am your humble host, as always, Evan Brown, the humblest host in the biz. Well, according to me. Um, guys, we have a great show here for you. You can follow me at FF Evolution on Twitter if you so wish. You can follow the show at Dynasty Debates. You can also drop an email, dynastydebates at gmail.com. If you have any questions or any comments or just want to reach out and, um, you know, just touch base, that's uh, you're more than welcome to. Be greatly appreciated. A lot of fun to hear from you guys what you're liking, what you're not liking about the show. But, guys, I hope you've enjoyed this week. We've had a great guest, Jeff Bell at 4 whom J Bell tolls on Twitter, lead dynasty lead over at the football guys and co-host of the Devi Royale. So we've been chopping up the 2022 rookie running back class. Now that the class is in the books. So now that we have draft capital and landing spots, so we've gone through quite a lot of the big hitters and today is going to be a little bit of a longer episode, a jam packed episode for you because we are smashing through sort of these last big the last big chunk of guys who have interesting inner um intriguing landing spots and so without any further ado let's just jump right in the main event fight this was one of the first heartbreaks of the draft for me. Somebody I really loved pre-draft and people started getting really hyped on. Like I saw some people saying this guy was like RB4 in the class, which I was like, whoa, 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 calm down. Um, but I really liked Pierre Strong Jr. I had him as like my RB9 or 10, I think, but I just really liked him. I thought I, I had a lot of hopes for him, but he went to the um, the elephant's graveyard for running backs, the Patriots, and round four, pick 127. So what are your thoughts on Pierre Strong Jr.? Has he completely nuked his value by going to the Patriots or do you still see him as a dart throw what are your thoughts this is one of those that i actually i don't know i, I like the landing spot like I, I don't know if people were thinking that pierre strong jr could be a three down back and and that's why they're feeling killed but um i know what he's going to be and i think that when we get clarity on some of these things i know exactly what the patriots want to do with him they want to have james white for another year and pierre strong takes over as the pass catching complement to whatever the mess in their other portion of their running back room is and it might not even be a year you know James White's coming back off that hip injury Pierre Strong could come out of camp as the passing catch pass catching back and in PPR leagues there there is very real value there and and I think that this is it's one of those things that maybe we're kind of forgetting about how much value sits in that spot because we had the Cam Newton year and that really zapped any sort of pass catching value out of that running back role. And then last year, you know, James White got hurt and we didn't really ever see anybody step up. They didn't have, they used Brandon Bolden, but Brandon Bolden is Brandon Bolden. And, and they never really got value out of that. As Mac Jones is a quarterback, we know Mac Jones is not going to be running around. And so I, I like, like this landing spot. And I feel like I'm the only one maybe because Everybody had that dark horse hope that Pierre Strong would be, again, like Austin Eckler or whatever it might be. But I know exactly what the Patriots want to do with him, and there's real value in that in PPR league. And so this is a spot where I love the landing spot. 
Excellent. Love to hear that because I was disappointed. Um, I think especially with them taking uh, Kevin Harris later, obviously plays different roles. 100% get that. But I guess it's just because like you look at the mess that the backfield is. And we kind of talked about that already with the Raiders as well, with there being so many options now they've got Ramondre stevenson they've got the damien harris they've got kevin harris they've got got james white they've got pierre strong jr it's just it's one of those things that's probably great for the nfl um because again how confident are you really going to be until that happens like you said it could solidify itself maybe later this year maybe next year where if if going into next year damien harris has moved on james white's retired and they've locked in you know maybe I don't know, Ramondre Stevenson is the lead back or Kevin Harris is the lead back and then Pierre Strong Jr. is the pass catching back. That would be awesome. That would be really cool. But yeah, it's one of those things where you just have to sort of have foresight. Hopefully you have a taxi squad that you can lock them into and just wait and let see things develop there. Um, rounding out the rounding out the fourth round, then we did have an interesting one that I, I found fairly interesting. Hassan Haskins, uh, round four, pick 131, goes to the Titans. So... To me, this is very interesting with considering Derrick Henry, how old he is. Uh, he's a freak of nature, so absolutely he's the dude. Um, but their running back depth chart is very, very thin behind him. He obviously did have a big injury last year. Um, they've lost a lot of weapons. They've had a lot of reshuffling there. So I'm intrigued by this landing spot. I think people just aren't hyped on him. And then they're they're thinking Derrick Henry. So I don't know. For me personally, I'm pretty interested in this as a, as a fourth round dart throw. Um, but what are your thoughts on Hassan Hoskins? Um, did you like him at all? And do you see there being any sort a pathway to relevance there at Tennessee. He's a clear handcuff. Um, he reminds me a lot of Dante Foreman from last year in terms of physicality. The Titans have a type. They know what they're looking for. And I think that's that's part of people need to recognize that teams, they know what they're looking for in a running back. They know what they want in that role. And Haskins stands out in the class as that. It speaks to me that they used a fourth round pick on him because, uh, you know, it's it is day three. And if you're going to be the type that's going to look at a day three, but kind of the fourth round is really fluid there where teams are really signing, trying to hope to still get contributors, especially in the running back room because they the devaluation of the position and there's nobody else in that roster that could be step in for the Derrick Henry role. If Derrick Henry gets hurt, you mentioned it. You're exactly right that everybody seems to be off of him because they're looking at him as, like they're they're looking at these other running backs as oh well he could be an immediate starter but or and yeah they're not recognizing well what's going to happen with Derrick Henry I kind of think that the Titans are signaling with their moves with the AJ Brown move and then with the Malik Willis move that they might be in a little bit of a uh, reset here semi soon and um you know Ryan Hannahill has that contract situation that they probably would love to just drop him and get out of that 100 million that they owe him unless he makes forces their hand through play and that's kind of the Malik Willis pick but I wonder if you're kind of shifting that they already shifted AJ Brown to Traylon Burks if you're shifting younger is this the type of thing of like you might call it and you might say, well, we're not a contender like we had been the pre- previous couple of years and we're going to get something for Derrick Henry while we can. And then all of a sudden, San Hoskins steps in and is in a major role. And I got him in the fifth round in a draft that I did like previous, like prior, like after the draft had ended. I got him in the fifth round. Like people were taking Isaiah Pacheco is a guy that I like, but he went in front of him. And there are other guys that went later that went in front of him. Kyron Williams is a guy that went in front of him. And I got him in the fifth round. And I think that this guy's a great late dart throw. He might be a guy that even slips through and doesn't even get drafted in your rookie drafts. And you can add him post waivers because he doesn't have the exciting of being able to contribute immediately. And that's, 
I think a lot of especially bad teams in your dynasty leagues are looking for guys that can immediately make them not a bad team in your league. And they're going to let these guys go a little bit more. And he's going to go after guys that got picked way after him. Yeah, exactly. No, I think you made a really interesting point there. And that's one of the things where like in the real NFL we see as well, you're like sort of like it's it's one of those sayings where you sort of, you know, that's why bad teams stay bad, you know? And I think in Dynasty it happens as well. It's like people have these fourth round picks and they're like, well, I'm going to take this wide receiver because I think maybe he could do something, you know? And you're like, but this is like the 30th wide receiver taken in the draft. <laughs> like, you know, I mean, it could happen 100%. You know, it could happen. But at the same time, Hassan Haskins to me is like exactly what fourth round picks are for. You know, those fourth and fifth round picks is because you get a guy who you're like, man, this could very easily, like you said, I was wondering that. I was like, I thought that the Titans went into the draft like contenders and left the draft like rebuilders. I was like, what happened here? Like you get rid of like your absolute alpha stud wide receiver. You draft your backup quarterback. I mean, all this crazy stuff happening. So 100%, I think they get halfway in the season. If things haven't been going well, they could easily try and flip Derrick Henry to a contender for something, get him off the wage bill. Um, and then all of a sudden, Hassan Haskins is the dude. Or if Derrick Henry gets injured again, heaven forbid, fingers crossed it doesn't happen. But we saw how how you know guys like Dante Foreman were really, really productive for fantasy last year. So I would 100% be looking at a guy like Hassan Haskins to lock away on my taxi squad at the end of the bench there. Those, those running backs, I mean, that is what this draft is all about. Um, you know, moving right along then to talk about, you know, guys that have been drafted later but could have really substantial impact for you i mean this is this is an obvious one to me but i'm really interested to hear your take on it so right into getting into round five pick 151 tyler algier somebody who a lot of people were actually relatively high on pre-draft really liked out of byu um and the great thing about him is that he goes to the Falcons. He goes to one of the premier landing spots. I mean, we if we all could have picked, I mean, I remember saying, like, I'd love to see Brees Hall go to the Falcons because there's just nobody there. Um, there's just no you know, nothing in there, you know, nothing there. They need so much um help. But you know, to see to see him land at the Falcons, where his only running back competition was like Mike Davis, who's now been cut, uh, Damian Williams, who's been several years removed from any sort of fantasy relevance and maybe Cordero Patterson, who obviously was really useful last year, but he has some running back stroke wide receiver flexibility, special teams. There's a lot of different ways they could use him. Um, what are your thoughts on Tyler Algier? Has he gone up your running back rankings post-draft and what are your expectations for him? So this is the guy that I alluded to previously talking about the guy that is getting aggressively pushed up. Um, I think many rookie drafts and I don't know that I see long-term or, or even short-term his role being any different than Zamir White's role and Zamir White is in a much better offense and went 30 picks ahead of him and and so that's kind of where like again it, he kind of lands in the same tier as and and then yeah he's two full rounds after Brian Robinson after Terry Davis Price and I think he kind of has the same role and and where if he's not going to be used in the passing game, if he's used just as a get some goal line in one of the worst offenses in the league currently, it's this is one of these that people are pushing him into the second round. I kind of feel like because they're again they're looking for that immediate production, and and I don't see him as any different than these other running backs. And and again, it's just operating in the if you're able to operate in that tier, and if you're able to, especially if you're able to monetize, and especially if you're able to monetize the hype around Tyler Algier, and you're able to move back from like your that cliff kind of hits towards the end of the second round. And I think that that's probably about where you're going to see him go. If you're able to move back into the mid third or somebody gets excited about it and you're able to walk out with Zamir white plus 
then I feel like you won in that move. And that's just the way I look at it. I just don't see, I don't know. I, I never really bought in on him like being much of anything because I, I can, I don't know. He doesn't make anybody miss and he's not a fast running back. And those guys, I, I made jokes pre- previous to the draft that people are all in uh, Tyler Algier, but why is he different than Trent Richardson? It's like one of these things where it's just like, it, I took, I call big backs like that that can't make anybody miss targets because they get hammered and they get hurt. And, and then it, it's just kind of plays in as if he's got passing game work, that's one thing that can get me excited. I'm excited for what it means for the Falcons offense, particularly for Cordero Patterson, who's a guy that I have a lot of because last year that they weren't able to have that element. Mike Davis couldn't do his job. Mike Davis was supposed to do this job and Cordero Patterson had to shift into that role. As the season went on, he moved out of being that chest piece that they were able to move out on linebackers. He kind of turned into their de facto running back on a bad team. And we saw how that production dropped, how he went from being a guy that was a running back one in reality, in terms of production to you can't even start him. He's giving you seven points a game and best case scenario. And, and so, so I'm excited for what it means for the Falcons team and being able to free that back up, using it as a football move. I'm not there where everybody is in terms of fantasy. Yeah, I think that's really fair. And I think probably some of that may tie into your pre-draft evaluations of him. I think if you were really excited about him pre-draft, then him going there, you're like, oh, yes, you know, happy days. I wasn't as excited about him. So therefore, I'm sort of like not. I I think it's good in the sense of like, if you were able to get him in the third round, I think that's great because now you get somebody in the third round who you could conceivably plug into your lineup and actually use this year as a flex play or a bi-week filler. But absolutely, I think if you could get him in like the third round still and then you wait and then closer to the season as it becomes really clear to people, maybe more casual players or something like, holy cow, this is the starting running back for the Falcons and everyone gets hyped on that. And then you can like flip him for like, you know, more than you pay for him. So you took him in the mid third. Now you get in a 23 second and a player or something like that. That would be cool. Um, you know, because like you said, I think it's good that they took Drake London. I like Drake London there. I like Drake London and, um, pits together. I like Ritter going to Atlanta, but let's not, pretend that the Falcons are probably not going to be they're probably going to be one of the worst teams in the NFL this year you know um realistically speaking so yeah let's not let's not get too excited there let's let's manage our expectations so yeah absolutely I wouldn't be saying like oh take him at 201 or 202 or something like that um but if you can get him in the third round I think he'll be useful piece especially if like me you've not drafted any running backs in your startups so Tyler Algier could be my RB1 this year let's just say that um, but yeah, what about Snoop Connor then? Snoop Connor's a dude who I didn't actually get much eyes on. Like I, I saw him when I was scouting Jerry on Ely, who I wasn't overly impressed with. And I did like Snoop Connor better, but I never had enough to like sit down and actually have a proper film grade and all that sort of stuff on him. So he lands in the fifth round, pick 154, and he goes to the Jags. So it's a fairly interesting sort of landing spot as well, considering James Robinson just coming back from the serious injury. ETN's just come back from a year off with an injury, Liz Frank injury, I believe, in his foot. Um, so it's a lot of, you know, obviously now with the head coach, who's known for using sort of more of a running back by committee approach. Where do we see Snoop Connor's value? What's your thoughts on him in Jacksonville? He's another one. He's, he's like the same guy. I, I just feel like there are so many guys in this class that are the same thing where it's, I know what role hypothetically he would have. And and I have questions about James Connor ever really returning from the Achilles. I think that, I mean, Cam Akers, uh, yeah, he got back, but he didn't, 
he looked different. He didn't look like he was the same guy last year when he did play. And so James Robinson, he wasn't even as good as he was the previous year last year. And so if he's coming back off the Achilles, he might be done. Who knows? But Reichwell Armstead, I feel like, is maybe a name to know because we know you mentioned Doug Peterson's going to go with a committee and he's going to look for that guy. He's going to, I don't know if Snoop Connor is the Boston Scott in this or if he's the JIGI or, or he's just, but he's, we have a good, pretty good idea who he's going to be. And I think it's going to be less excitement about having Snoop Connor on your team and more everybody that's used high picks on Travis Etienne or has been waiting on Travis Etienne is just going to get frustrated by Snoop Connor, like just like the Miles Sanders, Boston Scott situation. Yeah, no, exactly. And I think it's funny because as we're talking through this list, like you said, it's becoming more and more like copy and paste analysis from the previous guy, isn't it? But that was always to me, it's really, I I would love to hear your take on this because for me, this was always what this class was. I was like, there's two or three really, really interesting dudes right at the very top. Then there's about, 12 dudes that i'm like yeah 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 you know like it all just depends where do they land what's their what's their you know situation gonna be i mean that you know i'm gonna let landing spot and draft capital sort out my so to some extent my ranks after the first three or four because to me there's a bunch of dudes who yeah they're useful they're you you know they have things they do well there's a lot of holes or there's a lot of things that you know i'm never gonna see them be like a bulletproof like this guy can do everything and he is the man sort of situation but what about so, so this is a guy who i was actually really interested in um wasn't overly high on but i saw some traits that i really liked jerome ford went round five pick 156 to the browns so that was really disappointing to me personally because i feel like i mean the pie can only get cut so many ways and when, when you've got nick chubb and kareem hunt already there two incredibly talented running backs who already do kind of everything really well i mean chubb runs really well great goal line back and then hunt is a really good goal line back and catches really well so you're kind of like oh where does he fit in um do you have any sort of thoughts on this is this more of a move maybe a just a just because move or is this something maybe looking ahead to next year kareem hunt maybe moving on again um what are your thoughts with jerome ford do you have any interest in him well we need to i don't know let's rewind even back to tyler algier when we're in the fifth round you know teams are hoping for guys that can make roster that can contribute on special teams that can um serve roles and dearness johnson is a name that you didn't mention i think dearness johnson is a good running back he's a talented player they brought him back this past year as a restricted free agent they kept him for that one extra year this is probably a move to backfill that to expecting that he's going to hit the open market next year and what he's shown in glimpses a team could easily talk themselves into giving dearness johnson a chance to run the ball a little bit and drum ford just kind of backfills that position but um it, this is i don't know you're you're in this area and like we can especially when you do prospect stuff you can fall in love with your guy and you can decide but the, these guys hitting it's still a major major question to like hit into anything and i think there are people that were all in on james ford or jerome ford and yeah they're probably pretty crushed with this landing spot i was probably where you were i think that our, a lot of our analysis is probably pretty similar where like i just never really saw it i think a lot of he was a guy that even at cincinnati it would seem like he would kind of run into the line a little bit and here's two yards here here's three yards here we finally wore the, down the team by our defense being so good and playing this grinding style and all of a sudden he popped the 60 yarder because he's he he's fast it's that he's questionable about him like actually instinctively that's not really the what the word i want to use but hitting the right lane getting the right hole then breaking to the backside doesn't always happen like you would like to see for running backs but when he gets there he's able to capitalize and do it 
but this is again, this is just kind of if you're somebody that was hired him before, you're probably going to be the person that's going to draft him in your rookie draft because this landing spot did him no favors. Yeah, absolutely. I think he was, I just looked there. I think he was like RB 12 for me pre-draft. So I wasn't overly hyped on him. Uh, I liked his speed and stuff, but I had questions over his vision and things like that. So when he goes somewhere where there's some like really great backs with great vision, <laughs> I just feel like it's going to take some serious injuries and stuff, which obviously we never hope for, um, you know, for him to really be relevant. So for me, he's kind of off my board. Like I'll probably just let someone else draft him or watch him on the waiver wire and see what happens happens and keep an eye on him um but moving on then this guy was really really did break my heart um because really early in the process i really enjoyed his tape and i was really intrigued by like his pass catching and his um his his pass protection and things like that but and as i dug in further and as we saw the athletic testing he fell down my board and it looks like he fell down the nfl's board he ended up in round five this is kyron williams pick 164 now he does go to an interesting spot i'll give him that um with the rams what what are your what's your takeaway on Kyron Williams what are your thoughts with him landing with the Rams there uh, this was the guy that I was probably the lowest on him in like all of Twitter I just never I never bought it um, I just didn't see the athleticism on tape it, for his size to be able to translate to play um, I think his technical skills are probably are pretty fantastic and that's what got him drafted but in terms of creating fantasy points I'm still very leery uh, it's just I, it, I don't know a lot of these moves are teams backfilling for um yeah i think i think daryl henderson is probably gone next year and so they backfilled that spot but i don't know that they have any long-term plans of him being the starter there um, but i think that that's a lot of these moves are happening and especially this area of the draft you're essentially getting teams ready to lose a guy more or less and so he's just I just think he's a rotational back. I don't know if we're ever really going to get even if injuries, I don't see injuries really allowing him to be in a big fantasy role just in the package that's there. The explosion is not there. The size again, it's just a guy that I was pretty low on. I was kind of, I mean, I was happy for him that he got drafted here. I was a little bit surprised to see him go before some of the other guys off the board, but um, that I think that goes to those technical skills run blocking or pass blocking blitz pickup things like that that he does do pretty well he is a good catcher on the football out of the backfield yeah no absolutely i think looking at my running back rankings pre-draft i think he ended up right next to jerome ford actually funny enough and my rb13 spot so um it's funny to see them both go there yeah so i wasn't i, I started out really i must have just watched like the two two or three really good games to start out with and i was like i think to be fair he was one of the first running backs i looked at like he was like third or fourth running back i looked at and i must have seen a couple of good games of his and like oh i really like this guy and then the more i dug into it hmm, not so sure and he kind of just kept like coming down coming down coming down the board and ended up about 13 so yeah not not hyped on him and like you said even if injuries happen and he steps in with Hassan Haskins or Tyler Algier or some of these other guys you sort of think well say for example he gets that opportunity maybe they've got the size the skill set to take advantage and hold that opportunity whereas I don't think he'll be anything more than a placeholder so even if he gets in the season Cam Akers goes down Daryl Henderson goes down yes he might for a couple of weeks be an awesome waiver wire pickup or an ad or a spot start but he doesn't have the size the bulk you know, those kind of chops to be able to probably hold on to that role and make himself the dude. So it's probably not worth investing a high pick in him or even much of a pick at all. Um, another, so another one real quick here. Um, we're just going to run through these last few here and just highlight any ones that you think are particularly relevant or you're excited about. we got Ty Chandler, who I did really enjoy um, coming out of North Carolina there. Round five, pick 169 to my Minnesota Vikings. So, Again, this could be like a replacement for um, 
for Madison, you know, obviously they're tied in at the moment to Dalvin Cook. Tyler Chandler is a talented dude, pretty fast, pretty pretty um, good runner of the ball, but is a fairly crowded backfield at the moment. What are your thoughts, Jeff? Are you have any interest in Ty Chandler there in, in your rookie drafts? Well, yeah, I was curious to hear your thoughts because I, this was a guy that I did really like that I had probably a little bit higher than the spot. And then I think he landed right now, potentially the worst spot because they're, it's so crowded. But I mean, you're the fan. You could probably tell me. Um, I think that it could change a lot quicker than people realize because Alexander Madison is going to be a free agent after this year. Dalvin Cook is already 26, 27. There's, I think think he's going to avoid suspension but there's some questions about he had that little bit of a legal situation um the one that really frustrated me that disappointed me that i was really hopeful for in your guys's offense that kind of i really like kenny noangu and i was hoping that um he would have a role there and I, I, maybe he still does and like i would I don't know. We we joke about who's going to be like using like Debo, but like I'd love to see some of that like wide back creative usage with Wang Wu. Um, but this clearly says like he's probably just a special teams guy and he doesn't certainly they don't view him as a running back down the depth chart. And it's it's interesting, too, like because it's hard to know what the Vikings are thinking, because the new GM is just a very different thinker. And, you know, he we don't know how it's going to play out and, and how he's building this team. And so it's especially interesting to try to figure out what this move means. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, I think with Wang Wu, I think they just view him mostly as a special teams guy. I think that they really love his, obviously his speed's amazing. Um, but I think there was concerns maybe about his like vision and things like that, as far as being a running back. Um, and I do think to your point, I would be very surprised if they're going to tie Madison down to a contract. So I think that, Chandler probably so I think you should just draft him if you're going to draft him draft him later on um if you if you can have the patience if you can have the patience and you can throw him on your taxi squad because I think he's talented um I think what they've done which I don't agree with and I don't like I think the Vikings the new GM and the head coach and stuff I think they've come in and they've kind of been like well let's go for it let's <laughs> we're good enough we can go for it um I don't know that we are good enough but I think they've just been like oh we're good enough we're gonna go for it and um so I think that's why they've kept cousins and extended him and then they kept Thielen and reworked his contract and you know they've kind of done a couple of things like that that makes me feel like they're gonna just try and go for it this year see how how good they can get uh, how far they can go um but I feel like if it doesn't go well then there could be a lot of change in the offseason a lot of reshuffling and things like that I think because they're so brand new they're gonna have at least a couple years to kind of get their feet under them and try things and, and shape the team in their own in their own way but yeah I, I would say he's talented enough to, to where i would be more interested in taking a, a, a shot on him over kyron williams over a jerome ford probably over snoop connor as well um in, in like sort of that fourth round as long as you can be patient with him as long as you have the space to throw him on the taxi squad and wait and see what happens because like you say madison could very well be gone i don't think they're going to tie him down to a tr- contract we just look around the league and we see you know, less and less success coming from these tying of, of running backs down to these big second contracts. So I would be very surprised. I think it was a fairly desperation move with Cook where they were they thought they were right there and ready to go. And they were like, we need this dude. Um, and so they, they did that. Now they're probably regretting it a little bit. So moving on here, last couple of dudes, we're into round six. So round six. So this guy is somebody who I was really interested in, really high on. And I feel like, I mean, we don't know yet. We'll have to hear. Maybe, hopefully we will hear eventually. I think it may have been some concerns over the medicals that possibly ended him down this low. Um, But Kevin Harris goes round six, pick 183 to the Patriots, as we mentioned. I thought Kevin Harris was a very good running back when he was healthy from uh, South Carolina. And I was really excited about him. So I'm a little bit less excited now that 
until he went in round six and went to the Patriots. But I know you said you were really interested and intrigued by Pierre Strong and his clear role. Do you see any sort of clear role for Kevin Harris, or do you think this was just some sort of a dart throw by the Patriots for depth? I think they're just succession planning here. I think that they know Damian Harris's contract is ending, so they're not going to resign him. Then they're going to Romani Stevenson's going to take over that, and then Kevin Harris is going to slide into Romani Stevenson's role, and I really think that that's what's happening here. Yeah, no, that's fair. I think he's somebody that, you know, again, because I really liked the talent and stuff, again, he's sort of similar to that Ty Chandler situation, I suppose, if you can like throw a late, late dart, fourth, fifth round and throw him on your taxi and wait and see what happens, especially going into next year. I think that would be a nice situation. Um, One guy that I am really intrigued by, and I feel like the, the community in general has kind of been disappointed and frustrated with the landing spot, but I actually think is fairly intriguing landing spot is Tyler Batty. So he comes in here around six, pick 196 um, to the Ravens. Now, a lot of people seem to be really surprised that he went all the way to round six. I personally wasn't overly surprised just based on his height and like the specialist or skill set and things like that. Only one year of really good production. I never thought he was going to be like a third round or even a fourth round necessarily. I would have been surprised if he was fourth round, but um, I think there's a lot to like about, about Tyler Batty. And I think it's really intriguing him going to the Ravens specifically with his pass catching ability um, and with him being the only healthy back, you know, with these two guys just coming back from injury um, and with them loving running the football so much. But Jeff, what are your thoughts? I think you were quite high on Tyler Batty. Were you not pre-draft? Yeah. So I really liked this landing spot for Batty in terms of it, it kind of solidified something in my mind that uh, I was trying to figure out like who he would be like in the NFL. And I think there are a lot of similarities with JK Dobbins, to be honest with you and like i could see him sliding into that dobbins role he's certainly not as big as dobbins but he's a smaller guy his now see like i was always like pre-draft i i liked him more than kyron for instance but like when i would look at kyron's frame i didn't really see where he had room to grow batty is small but he's wiry and it, it seems like he there's still he could put on some weight and so that's kind of intriguing intriguing to me um this is again i think that the ravens just won a want to run a multiple rushing offense attack and get kind of a little bit different guys in that backfield that in order to situationally have a different guy that can come in he's got the receiving chops he's got the ability he's got some speed to get to the outside and it kind of fills an open role in a backfield that um, it's almost i don't think they really want to do like an old school option type backfield but they want to have like the, some of those elements that they're able to go to yeah 100 like i think that's uh he's definitely a solid dart throw and if people are letting him go into the fourth and fifth rounds and definitely just take advantage of that um or if you're in a rookie draft and he just goes you know undrafted and he's sitting on the waivers i would scoop him up for sure before you know because there probably will be some sort of preseason hype on him and things like that you know people will start talking about oh you know gus edwards isn't coming back as quick as we thought or something you know and everyone will be like oh wait a second what about this tyler batty guy um but yeah, this this is one of the last guys then that's really exciting to me or really intriguing because I guess this becomes into more of my pre-draft analysis on him. I really liked Keontae Ingram. I was a big fan. So I was sad that he went all the way down into the sixth round. But saying that, then he lands in one of the better spots in my mind. Um, he goes round six, pick 201 to the Cardinals who have a very thin depth chart. Obviously, they've proven that they like to run a split backfield. Um, they've still got James Conner. They brought James Conner back. But they also lost their Batman to the Robin. Uh, he's now gone to Miami. So to me, there's a clear path for Keontae to be the RB2 in, in the Cardinals offense, which we saw be a valuable thing last year. Um, but what are your thoughts on it, Jeff? Do you like the landing spot? Do you like Ingram? And where are you at with him like in your rook drafts? He reminds me a lot of Connor, to be honest with you. I think that because he can receive out of the backfield, um, he's not the most explosive guy. He's not the fastest guy. And so it makes a lot of sense. 
I think that this is intriguing for James Conner because I was kind of waiting for them to see uh, the draft like Chase Edmonds to draft a smaller receiving back. And like I did a big mock for football guys before the draft where I had James Cook going to them as kind of being that Chase Edmonds type back to compliment Conner. This pick and really what happened in their offense last year when Chase Edmonds went down, they really shifted James Conner to being the primary running back. And I think that this is this kind of says like, you know, they drafted a guy that's very similar to James Conner. And it feels to me a signal in really what they're changing in their offense. And I think even fundamentally, the the drafting of Trey McBride in the second round, that kind of allows them to play more 12 personnel. And, and so Cliff Kingsbury has always run this college scheme and four wide receivers. But it seems like they're kind of trending more towards traditional NFL tendencies. He's kind of realized he needs to make some adjustments. So now with McBride, with Zach Ertz there, they can run 12 personnel. They've got a succession plan there, but they can go heavier sets. And I think that we saw last year Connor shift towards more that bell cow role. And I think that Ingram backing him up instead of like being like you mentioned that Batman to Robin, they didn't really take that guy. And they took the guy that kind of fits a lot more like the other guy. And that kind of is a signal in my mind that we might have seen a real shift in how this offense wants to treat the backfield position. And we're probably maybe I don't, I'm just starting to dip into redraft stuff a little bit and I'm not all the way there yet. So I can't speculate on, on where guys are landing, but it almost says to me that James Connor depending on where he is, this is a guy that I'd be wheels up on for next year because it does feel like he has a great opportunity to be the the primary running back. Yeah, no, I like him a lot, and I think he's definitely worth a dart throw there Um, because a lot of times it looks like he's going in like the third, even fourth round because people just, I think, aren't that excited about the draft capital. I think a lot of people weren't that excited about him pre-draft anyway. I was probably in the minority of people that was actually excited about him. Um, but yeah, no, I think he's definitely somebody to keep an eye on, somebody worth um, picking up. And you could get usability this year because they have a pretty thin depth chart and you know they've lost Hopkins. Um, you know, they, they're they're going to need playmakers. They're going to need guys to step up. I mean, as as much as I love Trey McBride and I do love him, he's going to be a rookie tight end. That's hard for fantasy. You know, to, to it's just hard in the NFL to contribute a lot straight away. So, um, yeah, running through here, then last sort of guy, then I think fantasy relevant or could be fantasy relevant guy that got drafted. Um, somebody that has been picking up steam because of where he landed. Um, and I think there was some truthers, some guys that liked him. I think you you may be one of them. Jeff is Isaiah. Pacheco, I believe you call him. I didn't get a chance to watch him, so I cannot give you any sort of insider opinions on him. I'll not lie about that. Um, he went in the seventh round, picked 251, but he landed with the Chiefs, which obviously, as we know, has the magic of power to push anyone and everyone up the draft board. Ask Michael Hardman um, or CEH. So what do you think of Isaiah Pacheco? Do you think he has a real chance of making the roster as a seventh round pick? And do you think he's worth taking in rookie drafts? I love grabbing him late because he he had the highest speed score in the draft. And he, he was I think he was either the fastest or the second fastest back at the combine. This guy can move. And so that is a different element than what the Chiefs have already with Ronald Jones and with Clyde Edwards Hilaire there. I am completely out on Clyde Edwards Hilaire. I just don't think it's going to happen. I don't think he can make guys miss his size. There's major questions there. So bringing Pacheco in as a guy that can break a long run that can 
shift elements within a defense because of that speed. Um, I think he was pushed down. Production wasn't there. He was in a t- bad situation, and he was a pretty good recruit. He was the t- number 22 running back in the nation. He's from New Jersey, and so he went home to Rutgers. And, you know, this is – I mean, he could have gone to bigger schools like Maryland gave him recruiting offers, Pittsburgh gave him recruiting offers. And and on the surface, it doesn't seem big if you're talking Maryland versus Rutgers or Pittsburgh. Uh, that That is big, and there's – where Rutgers was when they recruited him. They've recovered a little bit now with uh, bringing Greg Chiano back, but that is what it is. It's just adding that different element to the Chiefs' backfield, having that high-speed score, having that ability to hit home runs that is not – we know Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is not going to be breaking off a 65-yard run anytime soon, and the Chiefs have to know that as well. So, Sorry, man. No, it's uh, – I don't know. It's just one of those that it's a fun, intriguing dart throw because um, – and I've said I planted a flag. We did a show on Football Guys on Sunday night. I said that this is my Elijah Mitchell pick out of this out of the this draft where this is going to be the guy that you get late in the fourth round and all of a sudden everybody's like, holy cow, like this, is, this guy's a, an asset. So I think this is my favorite late dart fourth round pick. Love it. Yeah, because, I mean, to be fair, if you think about from your analysis like you were talking there, um, what was it the Jet – Last year, they brought in Jet um, for the Chiefs, and and he was really good for a couple of games. Like you saw, like that speed and the, the ability to unlock certain elements of the defense there. Um, so if they can get a young, fit version of that, you know, um, on the roster, that could really help them. But look, guys, we have been going on and on and on. I am so sorry to Jeff for how long this has taken. I have enjoyed picking his brains, and I've enjoyed all of the wisdom that he has imparted. I'm sure you have as well. Just as a reminder, please go follow him on Twitter if you don't already at four the number four whom J Bell tolls, uh, witty little name there. Obviously, I like that. I'm all about the puns, the pun life. And um, check out his work at Football Guys. Check him out on the Devi Royale. Go check that out if you're into Devi or if you like to get the four one one on these rookies before the drafts happen. But Jeff, is there anything else you want to plug or shout out or anything like that before we go? Um, football guys work and, and, you know, we are really focusing on building dynasty with football guys and it's, it's frustrating, disappointing uh, to see polls out in the community and stuff and asking, well, what's your favorite site and football guys not being even included as an option. We are working to change that. So if you are a dynasty player, um, please reach out to me and let me know what you'd like to see on football guys, because we can make it happen for you. And we are, we are in the planning process and really building that out. And so, um, that's just something that I really wanted to get out there and really want to start talking about more. Um, and then the Debbie Royale, that that's where we're doing all the, the college work, the prospecting. You can join our Patreon. We've got a big manifesto that can, if you play Debbie, if you play C2C, it's only $3 a month and it's, it's basically free. And, and this is something that is not really present in the community in terms of the way we build this thing out. It's a hundred some pages and it really walks you through every single team and it gives you context into every college team that you could be drafting for your C2C in the G5, in, in the Power 5. We haven't gotten to the G5, but um, that might be something that we might have to address. But And then that's community comes along with that. You can join our Discord and hang out. And, and then we did a bunch of prospect guys. We just released this week. We worked very hard this past weekend, and we l- released a landing spot guide. And so we, we went through the top 
60 guys in your rookie draft and we looked at the scheme that they're stepping into, the depth hurts that they're stepping into, the usage that they're stepping into. And so that goes deep and 60, 60 guys is going to get you through five rounds of a 12 team draft. And so we, we really kind of addressed all those things. So if you want prospects, if you want to talk college, that's going to be your place to go. And if you're a dynasty guy, um, please let me know and we'll build out football guys to be, you know, a name to be mentioned in dynasty. Love it. Yeah, absolutely. And shout out to you, to you as well. I believe, am I right in saying you're the dynasty lead over at football guys now? Is that right? I am. Yeah, I'm the dynasty lead at football guys. So it's, it's a there pretty cool position. So yeah, I'm very grateful and thankful to be there and the opportunity and, and the, just the whole staff. And, and I'm, I'm blessed and I'm thankful and I'm blessed and thankful to be able to share this time with you, Evan. Yeah. Thank you so much, man. I've really been, it's been so, so great. And I apologize. It's been so long. I, you know what it's like, you just start talking ball and then you could just talk for 16 hours instead of the 12 that we've talked. Been amazing having you on guys, check out Debbie Royale doing the Lord's work. Um, and the football guys growing the dynasty space, which is something we love to see. And Jeff, we obviously are a big fan of Jeff here at the dynasty debates second time on the show. So loving loving that hopefully it won't be too long again until he's back on again well there you have it folks the 2022 running back class contextualized for your delight hopefully you enjoyed that thank you for sticking with us it was a lot of fun to talk to jeff pick his brains um, and just chat through our thoughts and our takes and our process on these running backs so hopefully you enjoyed that stick with us we're going to be back next week we have well we're going to talk about wide receivers we have to talk about wide receivers why why wouldn't we talk about wide receivers and guys really quickly if you've enjoyed this series if you've enjoyed this show at all would you mind doing me a massive favor jump on to your favorite podcast listening platform and just drop a rating and a review i would appreciate it greatly it really helps the show and yeah it would just be great it would be great and i would appreciate it thank you very much for listening hopefully you're killing your rookie drafts and if you have any questions about anything we covered or any of the prospects we didn't talk about or did talk about drop us a, a, a message on twitter at for whom jbl tools for jeff or at ff evolution for myself or drop an email dynasty debates at gmail.com speak again soon I draft zero RB in Dynasty. Pass up a young receiver? Nah, I couldn't be me. My fifth wide receiver, and it's only round seven. Not sure if I'm dead, cause I think this is heaven. Now forget what he said, and listen to me. What you really wanna do is stack those RBs. You can be Linda, just let me be frank. Those RBs on your roster is money in the bank. One says it's awful, the other says it's great. It's time to buckle in for a Dynasty debate.